right. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Marlin's Corner. We're going to be here to review uh, some more cinema, but this time not on our go-to streaming service, not on Netflix. We went to the actual theater this time, y'all. We were there. We sat in those seats, uh, and I wasn't alone in this adventure. No. This time, to help me review a film, uh, we are joined uh, by Larry from the podcast My Favorite Movie Is... Larry, how are you? Marlo, what's going on, dude? Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have seen a movie in a theater and to get to talk about it with you. I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I got to say it was refreshing being back in the theater again. Uh, I got to say for me going into the theater for this film today, where we'll be talking about Uncharted, uh, going into the theater, I was surprised that I was one of 11 people in attendance. How was attendance over in your end? Uh, So I saw this movie... Uh, not in my normal like stomping grounds. So I saw it with my girlfriend who lives out in Queens. And so she, I decided to go see it in a movie theater in that area. And um, it was actually pretty packed, which would explain why this movie did so well <laughs> at the at the box <laughs> office. Um, but yeah, there were a number of um, a number of seats taken. I would say that probably like at least half the theater, maybe 60% was taken. And I'm, I was kind of shocked by this because when I first bought tickets, Mm -hmm. I I was the only person who had bought tickets. Uh, Like I had bought like two (laughs) seats and that was on like Tuesday. So within, within like three days, uh, the whole theater, like nearly the whole theater had been booked up. Man, that's amazing. I think you're right. Like, honestly, looking at the opening numbers, I mean, from Friday to what, Sunday, they made $44 million. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like for the two of us, it's, 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 it's surprising seeing, uh, what the result was. But before we get into that, let's just talk about what we thought and the optics of this. When, when, so for you, when you first learned that they were doing a live action uncharted film, what thoughts came to mind? Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to remember uh, because this movie's mm-hmm. been in production uh, or was in development, excuse me, for so long. Um, and I don't really rem- I can't really remember because I back when I was more of a gamer back in like, you know, junior high and high school, I played all the games and I really loved the games. And I guess at some point in that process, I must have heard that they were going to make a live action film version. And I think I responded in a way that most people would have responded most gamers anyway would have responded with like okay here we go like how are they going to ruin uncharted because you know we have so few actually successful uh video game adaptations and so i guess when i first heard about it i obviously was was very very skeptical but but, but as i as it kept like <laughs> trying to get made and remade and remade new directors new stars i was like i just kind of want to i hope they eventually make it like i hope this actually does end up eventually happening because it's been through so many stages i'm just curious to see you know how it uh how it would eventually end up exactly yeah i mean like you said it definitely had been in limbo for a lot what at 10 odd years Easily, of people yeah. trying to who wants to get on this how's it going to flesh out uh i remember when i first saw it or heard about it, i was like kind of like ah out of all the games to do uncharted makes sense it has mm-hmm. A very simple structure. You know, you have, you know, your Nathan Drake, who's an adventurer. He's the Indiana Jones adjacent character. Yeah. Uh, he goes to find the treasure. He gets double crossed at some point, and now he has to find the treasure and also escape. And it's like the same beat for three or so video games. So I thought, you know what? Out of all the video games, it isn't as complicated as Mario. 
Uh, it won't be a, as complicated as Sonic. It's very human characters. So yeah. this this could work. It's already you know? <laughs> an incredibly cinematic game. I mean, it's it's a it's yes. a gorgeous game. The cutscenes are great. It has characters, lovable, memorable characters built right into it. And as you said, it has that structure, that like plot structure already built in. So, I mean, it's certainly I agree with you in the fact that, you know, it's not like Mario or Sonic that don't really have narratives or they do, but they're so ridiculous or padded and uh, <laughs> messy that you have to like, you know, formulate some some excuse for it you know we saw with sonic you know they had to do that whole sonic is with a human and they have to go on an adventure <laughs> together you know like they couldn't think of an actual mm-hmm. plot for it because all the game plots are so messy the, the uncharted movie plays out not that different from what a what an uncharted game would have felt like yeah you know there is no having to go to the nether realm or figure out yeah. raiders it's just like great these are just we can do this and so i think when i heard it was being made i was like also excited and then seeing the cast i think i was very interested in what the casting became i was like cool mark Wahlberg is sully can't see it i mean <laughs> same, sully in the dude. games is a, same. it's like yo this this is a very old character in the game so he's being youngified uh but once i saw it was tom holland cool so tom holland they really want to experiment with with what this kid is like does he have the juice outside of a spider-man film this is that test so that definitely threw me for a loop like oh cool mm-hmm. this is a very young uncharted crew this isn't going to be like our seasoned crew because i thought yo get our boy nathan Fillon in this he's been Bro, waiting we in the wings all were this hoping. is his chance we all want him to be in this it's really a it's a shame you know that that uncharted fan film is actually pretty impressive given right. the resources and i think nathan Fillion maybe 10 years ago <laughs> when this movie was first being developed would have been mm-hmm. a perfect Uh, choice for the character but because you know i mean originally mark Wahlberg was set to play nathan drake in earlier in earlier versions of the film and that also made a lot of sense to me you know like it it, people in those age ranges 10 years ago would have been great but i don't think you can really sell an uncharted movie with mark Wahlberg as the lead these days so they they definitely they definitely were looking for a young profitable star to you know sort of pilot the thing and I, i agree with you that you know as an uncharted fan you know, hearing <laughs> hearing Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg cast as the two leads was definitely a surprise. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like Tom Holland as an actor generally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he is a talented actor, but I still don't think that he uh, or even before Uncharted, I don't think that he's really been able to shake off this um, very uh, he, Peter Parker. Yeah, like well, not just Peter Parker, but like also just like he seems like a young kid, like like a lot of people True. say marty mcfly they sort of call him like he's just playing marty mcfly in in every movie he does and like honestly Mm -hmm. i i see where they're coming from he has a very distinct look uh he has a very his american accent has this very this kind of um disposition that i think michael j fox had back in in back to the future and he's lean lanky you know little guy you know so like it's it's very hard to to and they've been trying you know with movies like cherry to and um and yes. the devil all the time you know they're trying to get tom holland to 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 prove himself to be this like a multifaceted actor and we can we can dive into this a little bit later but i still don't think that tom holland has really shaken off that pretense and especially with a character like nathan drake it was definitely odd seeing such a young actor taking on a role that to be honest though he's not he is on the younger end. He's still very grizzled in a certain way. And it's definitely yes. not it's definitely not what you imagine when you when you when you think 
of casting Tom Holland in the role. Absolutely. I agree. I think, honestly, I think the funniest scene, the thing that that I believe really highlighted how young he was, was uh, in the film there, you know, as they're fully giving us like the backstory of the Drake of the Drake brothers and their uh, affinity for looking for lost treasure and wanting to find it. Uh, we get this scene where they have the younger Drake version uh, have his face kind of morph into Tom Holland's face. Uh, and it didn't look like it was that big of a stretch know, of like, <laughs> you look like that young actor. Yeah. This wasn't like a, oh, wow, he aged up. It's like, he aged up by maybe a year. No, like, he literally looked like he had aged like five years and we're supposed to believe that he, it's aged like, what, like 16 or something? Like 15 years yes. or something? It's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. And also, that transition was just kind of, kind of icky, just in general. Uh, very yes. bizarre choice. <laughs> Yes. I mean, let's just get into it. I think, honestly, the film as a whole, I think going into it, my thought was great. As long as you can do a story that makes sense, a story that is, yes, the treasure is there, but more or less has um, an understandable structure. Uh, And I think what we got was a story that had a lot of it had a lot of cuts. I had a lot of like random cuts, seeing a lot of random action cuts. But I do think that the beginning, that cut from them being young to them just like being older was a, it was a, it was, it was a smash cut. Like we get like a, a really great, almost similar to the gameplay version of, mm-hmm. of Nathan yeah. and his brother going to check out this map, maybe steal it. They get caught. They go to the orphanage. His brother Sam has to go away or he'll go to prison. Uh, and we kind of just fast forward from there. But we definitely, it was just, a, it was a weird choice just to just kind of cut it there. Like, great, we're just going to go right to New York City. We're in, we're, we're going to go right to this uh, su- subway station. It's a very interesting choice to kind of start there and just run right into this. Yeah. But, you know, nothing more. Yeah, it was, I don't know. It was, it was a, uh... I think it was a very interesting choice to start the film on arguably its its biggest set. Well, I don't know if it's its biggest set piece, but it's probably it's it's obviously the one that most people are familiar with uh, from mm-hmm. the games, even though it really doesn't reflect the games much at all. And substantially it's in terms of like the substance of the story, it's really just visually yeah. a sort of callback to the games as far as I can remember. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a weird choice to do that. And I, I felt like it was interesting, but it just didn't I don't think it did enough to really introduce the character of Nathan Drake in that moment. It just sort of felt like a cheap kind of like, oh, well, we got to start the movie somewhere, you know, so like, you know, let's just <laughs> you know, let's start on this big action beat to get people invested. But like, you know, nor- most of the time, uh, those beats only really work when you have a when you have a character, there's some substance to the character already. And it just felt like there wasn't, uh, that didn't really um, come through. And, I, and, you know, obviously we do have the flashback scene, but even then, uh, and it kind of speaks to one of the general issues I have with the film is that the characters feel just a bit flat. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really, yes. and you know, this isn't to say that honestly, my overall opinion on the film, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but like, this is kind okay. of an ongoing theme. We'll probably find is like nothing in this movie is bad. I don't think this is a bad mm-hmm. movie by any means. I think it's um, I think it's serviceable or as I sometimes call in a sort of a derogatory way, disposable, like a movie mm-hmm. that you can sort of have on in the background, entertain somebody. But like this isn't going to like change your life. It's not going to elucidate anything interesting. It's it's sort of a very mid tier 
um, action movie. And so a lot of the choices they make are like tried and true character choices. You know, like they're just they're obvious things like young Nathan Drake with his brother. They establish this treasure map. Then they get caught and then he has to leave. And like these are all like, yeah, uh, like this is like a good like if a student like in a film school had given me a script with all these beats in it and this was like one of their like the like their third or fourth script they ever wrote i would be like okay yeah mm-hmm. like they're learning like they're getting there but like yeah. when you're watching it there just is a lack of like there's a lack of a directorial vision or there's a lack of a uh of a substantial usage of these things that's maybe elucidating something unique or interesting and so while these while on paper these ideas are good there's no depth to them in my honest opinion that that really elevates them so like we have this whole flashback sequence with you know um with Nathan Drake and his brother Sam and it it just sort of plays out like you know it's it's kind of cute you know it's charming and i i did appreciate the the historical elements in the plot which we can get to a little bit later but um it definitely just sort of again it, it just sort of glazes you know over me and i'm like okay like this this movie's fine like let's get to like the Let's get to the juice, the meat of it. you know, so that's that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> how I felt. But that transition also, I got to say, it really threw me off. I was like, whoa, whoa, why are we what's that app face? What's that app where like it like mold your it takes your face and finds a celebrity a look oh like and molds your faces like or takes your face yes. and molds it into that celebrity lookalike to show you that you look like that. Like that's what mm-hmm. it felt like. And I'm like, why are we taking tips from this? <laughs> this is a weird, weird choice. Hey, they're trying to highlight their young stuff. They're trying to get to the kids. They're trying to get to the kids. <laughs> yeah, I think honestly, this film did play. I think it was it was a paint by numbers type action film. And like, yeah, I could probably compare it to like, it's very Pirates of the Caribbean, very uh, Fast and Furious, very uh, National Treasure adjacent. Like, we're just going to hit all the notes. We want to hit as many, we're going to tick off as many boxes as possible. And I think like, even when we get to the merging of uh, Sully and Nathan as characters, it's all on the premise of like, great, he's, Sully knew his brother and he's like, great, maybe this guy has some knowledge for my overall heist I want to plan. I don't know that for sure, but I'm going to, but because it's a movie, I'm going to go and find this kid and develop this, this whole thing with him. And I think it's honestly where we get, I think one of the more stronger aspects of this film is I think the chemistry between yeah. uh, Mark Wahlberg and Tom. I think that chemistry for me is what kind of held me into focus. Like, great, at least y'all get along. At least your characters have <laughs> good, fun rapport. Yeah. Like this, I like this part, because otherwise I would probably not be as tuned into this film. I might even have fallen asleep, but because <laughs> of the dialogue, that I think saved a lot of this film for me. Because the cool, like, what are they going to quip about next? What's going to happen? They're very fast-paced comedians in this film, and it just, it feels organic to have them there. But I do think that their organic nature was very fast, and it had to be fast because the plot was moving at that point. Yeah, so much to comment on from what you just said. I mean, I will I will agree with you that the the main thing about this film that I think I can recommend to people is that if you like Mark Wahlberg and you like Tom Holland, they are they're playing their greatest hits. Like this is this is Tom Holland yep. as Peter Parker as you knew him, but just a little bit older, like 
now he can drink alcohol, you know, like, I don't know, like, yeah. like something, it's just, and then you have, now he can cuss. Yeah, yeah, now he can cuss. <laughs> and then you have Mark Wahlberg literally being Mark Wahlberg. Like I, this is literally a Mark Wahlberg performance, which, oh, which man. the Uncharted fan in me is like really disappointed in that because Sully is so not Mark Wahlberg. And I was really, Completely I, yeah, I was really looking forward to seeing that character translated, even though I am a firm believer that, you just because you're adapting a source material, you shouldn't feel beholden to it, or you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't just, you know, I get you shouldn't paint it by numbers as we talked about. You shouldn't just translate it exactly. You know, you should add your own sort of element to it. But I do think we could have maybe taken a bit more from the games in that regard. And I, I do think Mark Wahlberg is kind of is kind of uh, phoning it in a little bit. Um, this isn't, and, and that being said, he's a very talented actor. So phoning it in, it's still good. Um, they're but you know, they do have a lot of fun together. They do have a lot of fun chemistry. And the most fun I had in the film um, was their sort of back and forth. Um, it did feel genuine. And I think that, honestly, all of the members of the cast are giving good performances despite the characters not really being written well. Um, I think mm. in particular, you know, I do want to shout out Antonio Banderas, who is a oh. who is just such a random addition um, to this cast. Like, yes. not sure why <laughs> they picked him. Or, I mean, I know why they picked him because um, the character has Spanish roots, and so they wanted to hire a Spanish or a Hispanic actor. Um, but it, you know, he's elevating the material so much by just every scene, by just being like the, he has this one uh, moment with Tom Holland. This is like their first meeting where they're talking about this cross, which is a, which is a major um, sort of a, not a MacGuffin, so to speak, but like a major, like sort of a story, a plot device um, mm-hmm. in the in the film, and and he gives him this really great sort of uh, sort of mini monologue about the, the family history and about the cross and about uh, so much, so much uh, uh, wasted blood, you know, so much, uh, so much blood spilled, wasted. And I was like, oh yes. yeah, this is why. This is this, thank God I'm here for this. Like you know, Antonio Banderas yes. is giving conviction in every single line. And uh, it's really something something special. But I, I would also like to comment just briefly about what you said before about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Indiana Jones, Fast and the Furious, sort of all these molding of all of these different um, films. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. It's one of my all time favorite films. Curse of the Black Pearl, to be specific. Uh, the other films Ooh, vary. Nice one. The other films vary in quality. Uh, but Curse of the Black Pearl is such a fantastic example of like adventure genre adventure meaning like just like high flying high stakes historical you know uh globe trotting kind of adventure movie and indiana jones i would say is very similar national treasure also very similar and i think one of the things that kind of got me excited about uncharted going in was it felt like a great opportunity to sort of um resurrect this genre for the modern era which i think uh uh, some films have teetered on they've either teetered on it or have just flat out tried it and have not been successful so like you have movies mm-hmm. like jungle cruise which came out uh <laughs> last year which like i'm, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it didn't love it um uh, that's yeah, that was yeah. sugarcoating it it was not very it was it was very similar to this film in the sense that it was very disposable very kind of throwaway mm-hmm. but uh, but i'll give that movie credit in the sense that it was really trying to channel you know pirates of the caribbean um mm-hmm. and, and those like old school disney adventure films um and then you have some films like the jumanji sequels or the jumanji reboot sequels that also have these kind of light adventure elements thrown in uh but are very much so not like what i would call genre adventure which is like really more deeply historical stuff and so like i just 
a lot of people argue with me that those movies don't sell, which like granted, I'll give it to you. Uh, but I do think that that in the in this era we're in right now, where so much of the big selling, the highest grossing and selling films are sort of in the either they're like sci-fi or or superhero genres um or and sometimes fantasy too you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh you know fantasy also sells more so on tv these days than in film but it still sells um but we're we're really i'm really hankering for some good adventure cinema and and uncharted to me was like oh this is how we can do it like we can do indiana jones but like a little bit more modern and like with more of a self-awareness about the whole deal and what disappoints me most about this movie is that it it was not very interested in doing that. It feels much more interested in being just kind of a straightforward action movie with with some heist elements in there. One of my friends uh, compared it to the Da Vinci Code, which I think was a pretty apt comparison. Um, <laughs> yes, it, they sort of go through these you know underground taverns and the, or caverns, excuse me, and they have to uh, and they go in a church. I mean, I mean that's a pretty obvious parallel right there. But then they they solve these puzzles yeah. and. Um, you know, I just I the thing that disappointed me most about the film, and this is a bit of a tangent, but what disappointed me most about hey, this film it. was like I really was hoping that we could have gotten this like deeply genre adventure film um, with a little bit of depth. You know, films mm-hmm. like um, Indiana Jones and Pirates of the Caribbean, they have a lot of depth. They're not just merely adventure films. They have characters that have arcs and desires and there are items that are symbolic of larger ideas. and. Mm-hmm. This film just like really it, it wasn't even that it tried. It didn't even feel like it was really trying at all. It felt like it just really was looking to be a cash grab, uh, you know, mm. based on the Uncharted films. And I don't normally use the word cash grab because, first of all, it's a bit of a cliche. But also, mm-hmm. I I can't I, <laughs> I can't blame a movie for wanting to grab cash. Like every movie is a cash grab in the Hollywood industry, you know, so I, I feel like yeah. it's a bit of a disingenuous word. But this probably came the closest to a cash grab because it just felt like it did. It felt like enough like uncharted to resemble it, but not Mm -hmm. enough to actually be its own really special movie. And I think that this is, I think a variety of things play into this, into this. We talked about the casting, uh, you know, before, which I think plays a huge part in it. Also the choice to have Ruben Fleischer directed, I think also, you know, no offense to Mm -hmm. Mr. Fleischer, but he is very much a sort of studio Rolodex director. He's not, um, mm-hmm. you know, previous, you know, when I heard David O. Russell was looking to direct this movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, that's a, that's like a, that's a filmmaker. Yeah, that's an honest to God, like director right there. Not to say that Ruben Fleischer isn't a director or a filmmaker, but you know, there's a difference. There's just a very different caliber between Huge. different filmmakers. So, you know, thinking about Ruben Fleischer's resume, just like he definitely was looking to make a studio film for these guys. And just like, just in general, it didn't, it just felt like it was very comfortable playing it safe. And I, I know that some people might be comfortable with that. But like for me, I, given that this movie made money, and given that the end of the movie leaves you with like these um, cliffhanger sequel. sequel bait kind of scenes, um, I mm-hmm. do really hope that next time, maybe now that they have the confidence in the material, that they can really like go a bit deeper and really try to bring out the adventure cinema uh you know uh staples and also just a bit more of what makes uncharted just a really great series of games which is these personal relationships that that underline all of these globetrotting adventures and you know a lot like holland and Wahlberg have good chemistry but it's not this it's really not up to par 
Um, anyway, I just wanted to, I've been thinking about that a lot since I knew we were going to be recording this. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Ooh, perfect. But, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I want to keep talking about the the rest of this movie because there's so that's just we still have. So I still want to talk about so many other things <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like looking at it, uh, it's very clear that Sony is getting into the game. I mean, even with their Marvel MCU adjacent opening credits where they show off Honestly, all the highlight. properties. That was a highlight of the movie for me. Not even a joke. It looked great. It was awesome. It's like, oh, wow. They're really they're putting in time on this. They're really good. Like you see like Aloy coming up first and then you see the others like great. Sly they Cooper know movie they want to get when. this game. Sly Cooper movie Let's when. Us know. Let's do this. Be, we'll watch it. Y'all. Warner I mean, the Animation was- Group. Just partner with them and make <laughs> give it to someone talented. Just make it happen. I'm ready. Hook it up. We're ready for this thing. Now, this film was $120 million for a budget so far, and they made it for, they made 44. Right now, I think they're hoping to make it all back internationally yeah. uh, in China, of course, but yeah. we'll probably see them make it back, uh, which I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because I do think that there is a lot of mixed reviews coming out about this film thus far. A lot of folks are saying this feels very cash grabby. This feels a little bit messy. And I think for me, the key... The key messiness comes in the third act. Uh, we we know that the whole film is about finding these two keys, finding this lost treasure, using this map to find it. It's also a full attachment to like a treasure that Sam and Nathan were both interested in when they were younger. So of course, the first movie is going to be about that. Um, but that third act of this film is where I think a lot of the absurdity happens, a lot of the nonsense happens. And I think it's where, for me, my fiance, we were fully off the boat. Like, great, <laughs> this is a terrible... <laughs> at this point, moving forward, it's going to be bad. And I think it starts with, we're talking about how Antonio Banderas was, he stood out in every scene. He stood out because his dialogue was so different, his delivery was so powerful. And as far as him being a compelling character, it just felt very one-sided having him on screen. And the way that that got dealt with was like, great, we're just going to have there be a new bad guy who's going to kill Antonio Banderas, and now his character is gone. I didn't realize how spoilery we wanted to go with it, but yeah, they just like, that was probably the... That was truly a shocking moment. I did not expect for them uh, to pull that for. I mean, I and I don't know if it's actually a good plot choice. I don't know if it really adds a lot or makes sense. But hell, if it didn't (laughs) surprise me, I was I was I was very surprised. (laughs) Yes, I was like, this man is like carrying this dialogue. He's carrying a lot of it. And I mean, it's not unheard of in an an uncharted game for the for the villain to be some like subordinate character. That's like great. Like I'm in charge, but it's very surprising to see them like, great. We're just going to get rid of our A-list Antonio Banderas character and just have his whole dialogue thing just gone. Like he's done moving forward. Uh, the blood in that scene also was another issue of like, this looks bad. <laughs> I don't know who is in charge of this, but they slit this man's throat. And I get his PG-13, but either you're going to show it or you're not going to show it because that looks embarrassing on screen. Mm, I'm not going to lie. It's a thin red line of blood. Yeah. I, I, yeah now that you mentioned it, 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 that was kind of weird. Like they slit his throat. It's like, wow, no blood. This man has no blood. <laughs> <laughs> Zero blood. Zero he was, blood. He was dead the whole time. He was dead uh, the whole truly. time. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it, it gave. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I, I think the third act is where a lot of this film loses points for a lot of critics. It's like, oh my god, so many questions are coming in my in, into, into my brain right now. Um, we get, and I think it's, it's also where we get our is, is 
which we also get our Fast and Furious and our uh, Pirates of the Caribbean comparison right. because we get a high speed uh, boat uh, chase, but it happens via suspension ropes on a helicopter in the middle of the air. And you're just kind of like, I thought I thought these were 500 years old. You probably shouldn't shake them like this in the middle of the air. No. Yeah. You know what? Like. I'll give I'll give it to you. Makes no sense. Absolutely makes no sense. But I but I gotta be honest. That was my favorite action set piece in the film. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like it truly was. Yes. Like it, it, because that to me, that feels like adventure cinema in the modern era. Like oh, how are mm. we gonna do this like pirate booty scene or whatever? Oh, we're going to Fast and the Furious it. We're gonna take two big ass ships and we're gonna have we're gonna do a. A, a sea battle in the air and like yes i definitely agree with see parts of the caribbean can get away with this because it was partially fantasy so they had yes. they, they acknowledge and it also takes place in like an i wouldn't say alternate history but like certainly in a, a different version it, it's not like this is a strict period drama meanwhile uncharted mm-hmm. is takes place in the modern day in real life and they ground it in a number of, of ways despite the fact that tom hall and Das just like like his head crashes into the floor from a chandelier and he's totally okay. Oh my goodness. He's totally okay. Yes. Uh I will I will I have always believed this, but Tom Holland probably gets the most beat up out of anybody in any of the Marvel movies, and he somehow survives, he would have brain damage. Not even a joke. And from some of the hits he takes. He wants to do his own stunts every time. Yeah, for real. Like props to Tom Holland and also his his son team and also the animators who animate animate his Spider-Man. Uh his Spider-Man. It, 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 they really make those impacts hit. And clearly they followed that suit in Uncharted. Um but that, like that to me was like I guess I understand the criticisms that like the third act just sort of drops a lot of things. But like there was not a lot to drop. <laughs> like for me, I was like, <laughs> yeah, act one and two just sort of set up this very bland, you know, um, uh, not vague. I was going to say vague, but that doesn't feel right. Just like it's it's a very it's a very bland, just like obvious story. Like it just didn't really do a lot for me. So when in act three, we decided to have a little bit of fun with it. I was like, all right, let's do it. Like, let's let's <laughs> let's bring up these ships and helicopters and make them dance. You know, like I thought that was really fun. Although I do it. I now that I think about it, it would have been kind of fun if the ships like if like the damage to the ships started playing a part in the action, like suddenly mm-hmm. parts were like starting to disintegrate because of they were so old. And so like, um, that would have been a lot of fun, but I do think Sully makes a comment that they're like perfectly preserved or something, or maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm thinking of some other uh, some other moment in the film. I mean, I, I'm sure that was throwing it to be like, hey, they're perfectly reserved, no questions asked. Yeah, no questions <laughs> asked. I mean, I don't know. It, it, I was not after a certain point. It was clear to me that this movie was not looking to really be something you could hold under scrutiny. So I'm like. All right, yeah, uh, uh, the gold is there. Fine, even though that that like that moment with the gold feels so kind of um, overlooked. Like they they find the yes. gold, and it's this big moment, and. I just it's played like it's here. Yeah, it just sort of played like, okay, here's the gold now. And it, it like and I get because the villains were coming and so like they had a short-lived victory, but it's like I don't know, like that kind of, again, like this movie's story is not super strong because the characters don't really land super well. And so when you have these major plot beats, the, the characters have achieved their initial goal. Like they've found the goal. It just sort of is like, okay, yeah, we found the gold. And it just sort of amounts to it amounts to very little. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Tom has the line of like, it's a, like he like Sully and him are looking around. They can't find it at first. And Tom's like, oh, it's in this barrel. It has a false top. And it's like, no, you should be like, I found a treasure. Not be like, it's in this thing. It's here, yeah. I guess. We we did it. Accomplished. It's like, yo, this is a big moment. You found it. ancient treasure. This is huge. And you're playing it like, it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Now, and again, it's important to know, this is his first mission his first adventure and it's right. like you found gold you're not super jazzed by this it was so surprising to see that go down like that definitely yeah it was just a very yeah just a very like uh you know no one seems to really be like that invested in this movie it just <laughs> it just sort of in it and then it ends we're in, in, in that moment they were embodying the audience like we made it this far y'all let's just let's just go to the big old Ship fight. Let's make that happen. No, truly, but, it did. Feel, it, we, we, we like we. There was no celebrating getting to, getting to the end of this movie. We're all like, okay, good. Let's leave. Make <laughs> it happen. Yeah. I mean, and then of course we end with like the sequel baiting. Which, hey, I mean, Sony put a couple million in this, so of course it's going to be sequels. And of course, knowing that Sonic is having their own sequel come up, so it seems like this might be the era of let's give video game movies another try and see if it works this time. Yeah. Well, Sonic. I actually thought Sonic was better than it had any right to be. Uh, I actually, I, oh, yeah, I, kind of, I actually really enjoyed it, and I think that that's a movie. Ironically enough, that's a movie that really understands uh, or understood rather. Um, good casting. They casted a perfect mm-hmm. voice actor for Sonic. I think Ben Schwartz is is is, is basically perfect. So good. Um, and Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik, which was an inspired uh, casting choice. And also the on. guy who plays his assistant is also fantastic. Just inspired choices all around. <laughs> um, and like James Marsden is fine, but it seems very clear that the movies are like now that the first movie made money. People are like they're like they feel more confident being more about the games. They feel more confident playing it closer to what the games are actually like. So you have Tails and Knuckles in the sequel, the Chaos uh, Emeralds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there seems to be a Chaos Island potentially, and uh, based on what the trailers are looking like, there's the plane sequence with Tails, which is an iconic image from the from the games. Oh. And so it seems like they're a little bit more comfortable leaning into the video game aspect of the movies, which like I think uh, I think any gamer would just be like, just make the games. Like like some games just, like just make the games. Like the games are good. Just mm-hmm. I mean, not exactly make the games, but but don't feel the need to shoehorn you know all of this uh all this unnecessary stuff into the movie to make the video game movie palatable or whatever um and i think yeah. uncharted it should do honestly do something very similar although you can't undo the castings of tom holland and, and um mark Wahlberg, which in my opinion are sort of their attempts at um the uncharted 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 for a modern audience um yeah. you know i think that they have the potential to really die i mean you have sully's mustache you know at the end which signals that maybe uh, they're moving in the direction of like closer <laughs> to what the games feel like and maybe mark Wahlberg is going to take on that older edge maybe um mm-hmm. but with this and with sonic and of course with the mario movie that's coming out um you know i do think that 
we might potentially oh, I forgot about that Mario. Yeah, we for, yeah, I forgot about that. I tried to forget about it and I can't. Um, <laughs> because Mario is my all-time favorite uh, video game franchise. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but it, we might be in a time where uh, I don't know things might things might uh, be looking up. Although Resident Evil had, I think, Raccoon City, uh, that the film version of that came out and it was a total disaster from what I from what I hear. So I don't know. It's it wasn't great. It's a it's a slow. <laughs> It's a slow process, but uh, you know, I do think that I, I am still holding out hope that Uncharted can be this fun adventure of film and maybe lean into those aspects a little bit more and get, hopefully get a better director <laughs> on on uh, on tap to give it some give it a little bit of panache. You know, I just I think about yeah. the Venom example where Ruben Fleischer directed Venom and it became like the un the the ironically popular hit that it was. And then they Mm -hmm. gave it to somebody like Andy circus who had so much more of a vision and an an idea for the film that, and Mm -hmm. it became and venom Two just was like such an improvement, a vast improvement. So much better. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out hope. Uh, you know, if the movie was bad, I probably would be a little bit more, uh, hurtful about it, but in the, but because it was fairly disposable, you know, I'm just kind of like, hopefully the sequel's good. I'll, I'll see it. Yeah. Hey, you know, out of 10, what would you rate it? Out of 10, uh, probably somewhere around like a five, five and a half. Um, and right. I, should, I should preface it by saying that, like, I don't really um, I my rating system goes that five is average, not okay. not bad. Uh, and I feel like mm-hmm. for some reason, I think the American grading system has like sc- has like ruined people's brains as to how do you actually grade movies. No offense. I don't want to sound too pretentious, but like people grade a movie with a seven and they think it's a bad movie and it just kind of uh, boggles my brain. Um, you know, for me, my grading system is like five is the average and then you sort of go up and down from there. And um Again, I, I felt like this was a fairly average movie, like a five or a five and a half seems fair. I sort of teetered between a five and a six as I was walking out of it. But it just sort of sits more at a five because, again, I just can't get the feeling out of my head that like like something I didn't talk about that I'll, be, I'll mention briefly is that something I did like about the movie. Another thing was that it did have this theme of like trust and deceit, you know, sort of like who do you trust? Who can you not trust? And how how those relationships happen, um, and that was something that I a theme I noticed in the film, but I don't think the film had any interest in exploring that at exploring all. It. Uh, but that was something that I liked about it. But every time I thought about the things I liked in the film, it didn't feel like the filmmakers were actively trying to do something good. It just <laughs> felt like either a studio decision or just something very much like, oh yeah, he betrays her because uh, plot beat. Or you know something like that, and I think I think the Uncharted films in general. You know, you mentioned this earlier. That's a huge theme in the Uncharted films. You know, uh, relationships and yeah. trust, um, and uh, who's really the villain in the story. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I just that was something I did like about it, but it just felt kind of hollow. So I, I'm thinking like a five, five and a half. You know, that's where that's where I yeah. sit with it. Okay. I gotta say I agree. I think it's it is a serviceable film. Uh so I definitely think it's a five. Um I love knowing that Tom Holland got to be an EP on this, so he'll make some money off of this, as will Neil oh, Druckmann wow. from Sony as well. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of ironic though, because Neil Druckmann has like never said anything good about the fact that this movie exists. <laughs> like it, like they, they asked him, like, what do you think about this Uncharted movie happening? He was like, no comment. <laughs> so clearly there's like a little bit of like a like uh I don't want this movie to be here, but if I can make money off of it. That's hey, cool. 
Let's do it. I mean, the man also has the Last of Us TV show coming out. So he has all his right. properties are starting to make their way in certain places. But I will say a five sounds great. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely serviceable. It definitely has a lot. It has a lot of bones there that if they decide to get a better director next time around can actually be used for good. So if it does end up getting a sequel, hopefully they decide to pick someone else uh, and they get a chance to uh, do a, m- a much better job of honing in these characters, really kind of getting underneath them as opposed to just be like, great, we're going to make like the plot of the movie is this. We got to get them from point A to point B and we'll just make things happen in between. But it has to end this way. So hopefully they get a better chance of fleshing things out. Um, but any final thoughts on Uncharted? Uh, something I didn't mention that I, I've just thought of now is that another thing another thing I didn't like about the movie was that the relationship between uh, Nathan and Sully happens really quickly, like in a like in a kind of absurd manner. Like, I don't even think I caught the dialogue. It, the dialogue went so quickly hours. that I didn't catch it. <laughs> like Mark Wahlberg meets or sorry, Sully meets Nathan in the bar and they have an exchange and uh like I don't even remember what it was and went by so quickly and then they do the card thing where it's like oh you don't steal like that felt clever but like it really didn't feel like there was that investment in their relationship which again speaks to the fact that I'm like this movie writes the characters very well um and I also think that like didn't wasn't there a scene where Sully is like aren't you a little young to be a bartender and he goes like aren't you a little old for prom or something in the trailers and it's not in the movie I don't think it's, oh in, the, God, I don't think it's right. in the movie at all. I'm like, what happened to that? What happened to that scene? I was like, man, was the reshoots in this really that bad? Like, like what happened? Oh, man. Oh, you're sorry. Yeah, that wasn't in the movie. That would have been a great line to, me, to talk about how young this character was. Part of me looks. thinks that uh, maybe that was when they actually first met and maybe they cut it. And then they had this scene, which is when they met a second time. That to me makes a little bit more sense and would have probably made the movie better. Um, yeah. But but again, just another point to just illustrate that this movie feels a lot more like a studio cash grab and not so much like a movie with with uh, with actual merit. Um, but yeah, besides for that, um, yeah, I, you know, I I don't think I could have said it any better than how I just said it. So I, I think I'll I think I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if you're going to go see this movie, definitely know it's going to be quite interesting. Um, If you want to wait to check it out a second time or so, or if you want to watch... Uh, the cinematic cuts. You can play all the video games. I'm pretty sure that really just watch Sony the cutscenes. Watch the cutscenes. Watch the cutscenes. Yes, and I think like there's like the Uncharted like three game series you can buy to play them all back to back and see the um, whole story. Oh, what uh, Among Thieves collection? I think it's called. Yes. Yeah, definitely play the, and the I games. Are fun that. as hell. Yeah, fun as hell. And I forget that uh, Sam's brother isn't introduced until like the third game. So it was wild that they decided to go right in on the brother stuff immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Uh, Hey, making wide swings over at Sony (laughs) Studios. Um, But, yo, that's what I got going on today. Thank you so much, Larry, for being a part of this. Uh, Love hearing your voice on this. Love hearing your podcast. Uh, Where could folks find you on the social meets? Thank you so much, Marlon. It was a pleasure to be here, and I would love to be back, talk more movies with you. Um, For those who uh, don't remember or don't know, my name is Larry Freed. I am the host and creator of a show called My Favorite Movie Is... Uh, which is a podcast dedicated to helping filmmakers make somebody's next favorite movie. Uh, We sit down with fellow 
filmmakers and storytellers and talk to them about their all-time favorite movies or uh, whatever comes closest at the moment. Uh, and then we we talk about their stories and their experiences with the film and how it it how it um and how the film uh, actively and tangibly changed their life. And through those experiences, we um, talk about some techniques and mindsets that we can put toward, uh, you know, having the same effect on somebody else's work. Um, so you can find my podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find my show on our website, Podcast. Dot com. Uh, we're also on Twitter at MFMI Podcast. And right now we are on hiatus as we get ready for our second season. Um, assuming, you know, because this uh, we're, we're waiting until the spring to uh, start uploading new episodes. But uh, we're super excited and uh, we'd love to have you. And we've covered a lot of incredibly popular films. We've covered um, Back to the Future. We've covered Fight Club. We've covered Pride and Prejudice. Uh, just a number of incredibly uh, awesome and popular movies. So uh, if any of those movies sound interesting to you, uh, we hope to have you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Larry. We appreciate having you here. Love being And we'll definitely look to the future to bring you back. Uh, And with that, folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening in uh, to Marlon's Corner Podcast. We'll see you on the social medias, Instagram or Facebook, Marlon's Corner. Uh, And with that being said, we'll see you next time when things are interesting, things are new, back in the corner on Marlon's Corner. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. This episode of Marlin's Corner was produced in Richmond, California.